Good evening, everyone. The following scripture is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14 in the Message Translation. It reads as follows. The Word was first. The Word present to God. God present to the Word. The Word was God, in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness could not put it out. Now there was once a man, his name John, sent by God to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe him. John was not himself the light. He was there to show the way to the light. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him. And yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, whoever believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. These are the God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Amen. All right, it's confession time. How many of you pulled your camera phone out and just captured this beautiful sunset over here? I, uh, I wish we could claim that, that we had anything to do with that. We were actually paranoid about all the wind all afternoon and that this was going to all fall over before we arrived and, and then look at us here. Hey, uh, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just so grateful that I get to welcome you uh, to Christmas Eve at Northwest Community Church. I see many familiar faces, our family. I may see also many unfamiliar faces. And uh, if you're from the neighborhood or if you're here with extended family or uh, somehow you found out there was this really cool outdoor Christmas Eve celebration, and that's how you're here. Uh, we're glad you're here. Some of you might be here and maybe a little sad you're not with family uh, because things have changed this past year and you're not able to travel. Uh, some of you are here and you've been missing out on seeing family, and this is like the culmination of 24 months of waiting to be together. And, and however it is that you come tonight, we are just so glad that you're here. We're glad that you chose to, to celebrate with us, uh, to join us in what potentially could have been a cold, windy night and has turned into a glorious evening uh, to celebrate King Jesus. And we're just so glad you're here. Uh, if you uh, are looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. right down the road at White Oak Elementary School. Uh, if you're already plugged into a church and this is just the service that was convenient tonight, hey, we're glad you're here too. Uh, we're glad that you are a follower of Jesus and that you're plugged in uh, to a local church, and we're just grateful for that. Uh, we're grateful we can gather tonight. 
And so uh, as we continue to sing and worship and celebrate this life light that we just spoke about, uh, that's the reason why we're here tonight. We're not here just to fulfill a tradition, not just to do something, check it off the box. Although I know we all have great meals we're going to next or other family things, this is a, this is a special part of our, of our Christmas celebration as we think about what it looks like that Jesus came to dwell with us. And, uh, and something we've been doing as a church family this season is telling stories of when we've experienced God's presence. And so I'm gonna invite my friends, uh, the Detweilers, to join me. And they wanna share just a little story of when they have experienced God's presence uh, in their lives. And so uh, this, is, this is our friends, the Detweilers. I'll let them introduce themselves to you. And they're gonna just share for a second here for us. Hi, so like David said, we're the Detweilers. Um, <laughs> I'm Chloe Ann, this is my brother Samuel, and this is my mom, CV. Um, so today we're just gonna share a little bit about the question of how have we experienced God in the past couple months. And so initially this question was kind of hard, not just because we haven't experienced God, but because God's always there and his presence is continuous. So it was slightly difficult for us to pick one thing, but during the Christmas season, we thought about it and it just came to mind that sometimes it can be rough because of the loss of a loved one. And for us, that was our younger brother, Emmanuel, and my mom's son. And so it's a great time of joy, but it can also be a reminder, um, not just for us, but for many of you that have also lost loved ones. Um, and so through that, we've just seen God bring alongside people through our lives that have helped just comfort us and remind us that God's still there and that we still have a church community and family beside us. So Samuel's going to continue with some specifics. Um, I have experienced God's presence through other people, like the Amon son, Miles. Um, uh, when we lost Emmanuel, we all were really sad and devastated. Um, but recently, I've been getting to know Miles better and just hanging out with Miles a lot. And through that, in a way, God kind of showed me what it's like to have a little brother like him. And it's just been really fun and really nice just to have someone like Miles. Um, sorry. Like, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was sitting at church, and I don't know why. I was just sorry. I was just overwhelmed by. We drive here every day, and we see that Emmanuel. December is just a hard month for us, because everywhere you go, you hear Emmanuel. You hear God with us, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. It's a bittersweet um, time. So two weeks ago, I was sitting at church, and. Um, I just looked in front of me and I saw a baby, a baby boy with curly hair and um, mixed baby boy. And I just like honestly didn't listen <laughs> the rest of service and I was just gazing and looking at that, at that little baby. And at the end of service, I just told Chloe and Chloe, can you please ask, um, go to the parents and ask them if you can say hi to their baby. That baby was just, a reminder of my little Emmanuel. He looked like Emmanuel. He just so he told me, Mom, why don't you just go and ask yourself? And I was like, No, Chloe, I'm shy. <laughs> 
I didn't tell her what was going on. And she said, no, I'm shy. And she said, Mom, since when you're shy, just go by yourself. And I said, no, please, Chloe, I don't know, but I'm just shy. So she went, and then she just asked, hey, can we say hi to your baby boy? And then uh, the parents said yes. And so the child went, Chloe grabbed the baby. And <laughs> I was just like holding the baby with my finger like this. <laughs> and um, But it was just a very, very sweet moment. And that was a way of us to really experience God's presence and just telling us, you know what? This is a wink I'm giving you, but I am with you. Emmanuel, God with us, you know, st still there. And it was even sweeter in a way that that baby instantly connected with Chloe Ann. He looked at Chloe Ann, he touched Chloe's hair for a while, touched his ch her cheeks, and then looked at, at his parents. He said, put his hands like this, you know, so the baby will come back. And the baby went back to Chloe and leaned his head on Chloe's heart, on Chloe's chest. And I was like, oh God, thank you. You know, it was, it was just, it was just sweet. It was just God really being there, comforting us and just knowing what, giving us what we need at the right time. Um, so, yeah, with all of that being said, I just wanted to end with saying God's always going to be there for you no matter what's going on. And he showed up for us, and we know that he's going to show up for you too when you need him. So thank you, and Merry Christmas. Thanks, Detweilers. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Go ahead and have a seat. Merry Christmas. That's right. So great to have all of you. I'm Ryan. I'm also one of the pastors here. And just like David said, um, if this is your first time worshiping with us here, uh, we worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at White Oak Elementary School. We'd always love to have you join us. If you're just visiting family, we're really glad you're here too. And we're just super excited to be able to celebrate Christmas together with you, with you tonight. So um, what I want to do tonight is I want to read a passage, or I want to read a verse, actually. Uh, this is John chapter 1 and verse 14. So if you have a Bible, we're going to put up on the screen here, too. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 1 and verse 14. So John 1, 14, this is what it says. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So three things that we can learn about Christmas from John 1.14. The first one is, that Christmas is about a person. Christmas is about a person. Look at what it says here at the beginning of that verse. It says, and the word became flesh. The word became flesh. What this means is that when God wanted to communicate to us, when God wanted to speak to human beings about life, about himself, about what was important, about how we should live. He didn't write us a book. 
he sent his son to come live with us. He didn't just write us a book. He didn't just give us instructions. He gave us his son. He sent us his son so that he could be with us and he could show us and that in him we could see what God is like. Some of you might know another verse in in the Gospel of John, something else that Jesus himself says. He says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. It's really interesting there. Jesus is making a claim that no other religion makes. He's making a claim. He's not saying, I know what the truth is and I can tell you. He's not just saying, you know, I know know the way. Come, Come, let me show you. He's not just saying, hey, you know, let me shine some light on you, and that'll help you see. He's saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. You know, as I was thinking about this, um, kind of a, an example came to mind. So, okay, so I have, I have three daughters, Valley, Ruby, and Rose. They were running around here a second ago. Um, and they are seven years old, four years old, and then one and a half years old. So I was thinking about this. So imagine this scenario with me. Okay, so have these three daughters, seven years old, four years old, one year old. So what if my wife, Lindsay, and I, if we said, okay, girls, mommy and daddy are going to leave. Okay, mommy and daddy are moving to the Bahamas. Okay, <laughs> sounds good so far. And we're going to leave you here. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't worry, because we've written down everything that you need to know. I, I, we're, we're leaving you. You're going to be here by yourself, but we've written down everything that you need to know. I mean, all the things that we think you're going to need, and don't worry, Valerie, Valerie's looking at me right now. We're not actually going to do this. It's a joke. <laughs> um, we've written down all the things you need to know. So, you know, make sure you, you, uh, you know, there's a chapter on potty training uh, there's the, uh, the chapter on, on puberty. There's the, uh, the chapter on saving for retirement. Make sure you read those twice, you know, but, you know, don't worry. It's all in the book. You know, see you later. Call us if you have any questions. You know, I, how well would that go over, do you think? How well would that go? It wouldn't go over well, would it? Well, hopefully not with them. Maybe they would say, well, fine. Finally, we get some, some peace and quiet. We get some time to ourselves around here. But the, the point is, they don't just need instructions from mom and dad, do they? They need mom and dad because there's things in life that we don't just need an information download from people that are experts. We need somebody walking beside us to guide us and show us the way. And beyond that too, life is just better when we're together with each other. And we weren't meant to, to, to live so far away from our, from our young children Right? We're meant to be together and we just enjoy it more. We want to be with our kids and our kids want to be with us, right? Well, in the same way, when God wanted to communicate with his people, he didn't just write a book. He didn't just send a message. He sent his son to be with us, to be the way, to be the truth, and to be the life. You know, um, I really like to go to the YMCA, 
And it, uh, on, on the wall in the YMCA, in several different places, but I'm, I'm thinking of one spot um, that I see it a lot, it, it has the mission statement of, of the YMCA. And it's something like, I'm not going to get it exactly, but it's something like, you know, putting Christian principles in, into practice, right? Something to do with that. Putting Christian principles into practice through different things. And Christian principles, or you might say like Judeo-Christian principles, th these are things that people have been talking a lot about recently. These ideas about, you know, the value of, being, of humanity, being made in the image of God, the dignity of humanity, the sanctity of life, loving our enemies, being forgiving, being hospitable, hospitable all these different types of things. These are good principles, aren't they? But because Christmas is about a person, it's not just about the teaching of Jesus, it's about the person of Jesus. And what this means is Christmas tells us that we need more than Christian principles, we need Christ himself. We need to have a relationship with Christ. And again, I love Christian principles as, as much as anybody. I hope everybody puts Christian principles into practice. But we need more than that. We need Christ himself. We need a relationship with him. And that's the second thing that, that this verse tells us about Christmas. The second thing this verse tells us about Christmas is that Christmas is not only about a person, the person of Jesus Christ, it's about a relationship. It's about a relationship. It says, the word became flesh. So the word, the truth about God, the essence of who God is, the God himself became a flesh and blood person in Jesus Christ. And it says that he dwelt among us or he made his dwelling among us or he moved into the neighborhood right? Just like the message version said. Now, some of you might know, or you might be interested to know, that this, the word in the original language, this translated, he dwelt among us, or he, he moved into the neighborhood. The word that's translated that, it literally means to pitch a tent. Isn't that interesting? It literally means to pitch a tent, or to set up a tent, or to say it in another way, in an in a, in a older way, to set up a tabernacle, which is just another way of saying a tent. Now, what's this about? What's this idea about, about tents? I mean, you know, like we have houses. What's, is this camping? What's going on? Well, Teresa read the story of the Garden of Eden from the Jesus Storybook Bible a few minutes ago. And to understand why Jesus tabernacling with us or to understand why Jesus setting up his tent among us is such a big deal. You have to understand a little bit of, of the backstory. And like, just like I said in the, in the story that Teresa read, God created human beings to live together with him. And in the beginning, they lived together with God in the Garden of Eden in a beautiful, wonderful place that was, that was completely free from any type of fear, any type of guilt, any type of shame. But because human beings rebelled against God, we basically decided that we knew better than God. We didn't want to do what God said. We wanted to do what we, what we think is right. We got kicked out. And so for generations and generations and generations, you know, God would occasionally visit his people. He'd, he'd occasionally send a message to his people, but he didn't live with his people like God wanted, like he really wanted to do and like we, we had in the Garden of Eden. But in about 1500 BC, about 3,500 years ago, 
the Israelite people, they had just escaped from slavery in Egypt. And they were living in, in the desert, and they were living in tents. They had a camp that was lots and lots of people, lots and lots of tents. And God came to them and he said, he wanted them to make him a tent, a special tent called the tabernacle and put it right in the middle, right in the middle of their campground. And so you can see this picture that we have here. This is, uh, if you're new to our church, you're not familiar with the, uh, with the resident artist that we have, uh, commissioned for some very fine, I'm just kidding. This is a, this is a doodle, obviously. Um, not by my kids, it was by me. I was a little bit offended. Some people thought that my kids were doing this. So it's, it's, an, it was, it's adult work, at least, I think. Um, but, but yeah, so this is God's tent. And so God told them to put his tent smack dab in the middle of, of the campground. And so wherever the people went, God's tent and God's presence was right in the middle, was right in the middle of it. And that's awesome. I mean, how cool is that, that God is, is, is your neighbor? But at the same time, it still wasn't as good as the Garden of Eden because it wasn't like they could just go in whenever they wanted to. There was one man called the high priest who once a year on the Day of Atonement could go into God's tent and spend a few minutes with God. Before they were with God every day, before they were taking walks with God, before they were having face-to-face conversations with God, now it's one guy once a year for a few minutes. And God said, that's not good enough. He said he wants to be with his people just like a, a father wants to be with his children. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to tabernacle among us. And he didn't literally pitch a tent. Maybe they went camping sometimes, I'm, I'm not sure. But what it means is that he, he came to dwell among us, that God's son literally came in flesh and blood to live among us. And now, whereas before it was one guy once a year for a few minutes, now God is literally walking around in human form in the first century in Jesus Christ. You can, you can hug him. You can have a meal with him. You can have a face-to-face conversation with him. You can share your story with him. You can, you can shake his hand. God is, God is with us. God, once again, is dwelling among his people, and the sun is better, is better than the tent. And so it, it's got me thinking, you know, so I, I told you that I have, I have three daughters, and, you know, so, so this morning, Christmas Eve, and we had stuff to do to prepare for, for this service, but it was a really sweet time this morning when we got up, and I was sitting on the couch, and, and Rose, my, my one-and-a-half-year-old, she's a little bit, she's a little bit cautious, you know, she didn't, uh, she learned to walk a month ago or so, so she kind of comes like toddling over, you know, if you have kids, you've seen that before, just kind of toddling over, and uh, she comes up to me on the couch, and she hands me a book, and she, you know, when, with little kids, they don't say, hey, would you, dad, would you please read, they, they, they hand you a book, and like, you should know what to do with this, <laughs> and uh, so she hands me the book, and, and so, and so I, you know, I kind of, you know, pat the, the couch next to me. She, she climbs up on the couch, snuggles up next to me. I put my arm around her and we're reading this, we're reading this book together. Now, let me ask you a question. Why do you think 
I was wanting to read that book to my daughter, Rose. Why do you think? Do you think that I was thinking, you know, one day I'm going to be old and I'm going to, I might get sick and I'm going to be retired. And when I'm old, I'm going to need somebody to take care of me. And I better start investing in this relationship now so that when I'm old and, and hurting and sick, there's somebody to take care of me. You think I was thinking that? Do you think, on the other hand, was I thinking, you know what? I'm going to read this book to her, and she's going to get real smart, going to make good grades, and get a college scholarship. Right? And you are going to do that, aren't you, Rose? But that wasn't the reason. The reason is I just love being around her. She's my daughter. And Christmas is about a person and it's about a relationship. And that relationship is that God is, is our father. It says in John 1.12, it says that whoever believes in him, whoever receives him, he gives the right to become the children of God. And just like I love being with my daughter Rose, not because I'm trying to get something out of her, but because she's my daughter, I just love being with her. That's the same way that God feels about you. That's the way God feels about us too. Well, Christmas is about a person. Christmas is about a relationship. And number three, Christmas is about a king. Christmas is about a king. It says in verse, in verse 14 at the end, it says that we have seen his glory, glory of the only son from the father. And then it says that he, Jesus Christ, was full of grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. So Jesus didn't come to the world to condemn us. He didn't come to the world to get mad at us. He didn't come to the world to judge us. He came to help us. He came to save us. He came to direct us. He came to guide us. Jesus is full of grace, but he's also full of truth. And it's, it's popular today to think that if you really love somebody, you're just gonna encourage them to do whatever they feel like doing. You would never tell them that they're wrong. You would never tell them that you know, they're making a bad decision. You're just gonna have them do whatever the heck they wanna do if you love them. And Jesus says, no, that's not true. Jesus is full of grace, but he's also full of truth. You see, this word, when I say Christmas is about a king, the word Christ, so we're, we're, we're used to saying the word Jesus Christ or, or the, the name Jesus Christ, right? The word Christ, it literally means, it means the anointed one, which is a way that the Israelite people, it's a, it's a phrase the Israelite people would use for a king, the anointed king. So Jesus Christ is Jesus, the king of God's people. And it seems today like there's a lot of people who, you know, that we want, might, maybe we want to receive Jesus. We don't really want to see, receive Jesus as a king. We kind of want to receive him as more of like a consultant, right? You know what a consultant is? Some of you might be consultants. You might have consultants. With well, a consultant, it's kind of like, hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking. And the consultant gives you, gives you their opinions. They give you their perspective. But at the end of the day, you kind of do whatever you want to do. They're just a consultant. And, and that's the way some of us want to treat Jesus, you know, Jesus, thank you so much for your perspective. Thank you so much for your input. We really appreciate it. We're going to talk and come to a decision. 
right? But Jesus is not a consultant, he's a king. On the other hand, sometimes we want to treat Jesus like he's our maid, okay? You know, we make a mess out of our lives and we want to call Jesus to come clean it up for us, right? And, you know, don't get me wrong, Jesus has great advice. He's the wonderful counselor. You know, he is there for us when we're in an emergency. He is there to help us clean up the mess. But Jesus also says, he says to his disciples, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? Which is another way of Jesus saying, you can't call yourself a disciple of Jesus and then take his commandments as suggestions. So Jesus is a king. He's not a counselor. He's not a maid. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. But because he's a king, we need to submit ourselves to him. We need to be willing to obey him. We need to be willing to take our cues from him about how we should be living our lives. So Christmas is about a, is about a person, it's about a relationship, and it's about a king. So what does this mean for you? Well, because Christmas is about a person, a person, Jesus Christ, I encourage you to get to know Jesus. I encourage you to get to know Jesus. Probably the best way to do that is by reading the Gospels. You know, some of the most well-attested, most well-documented ancient artifacts from the ancient world are these first century, basically biographies of the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And scholars that examine these look at them and say that they have all the markings of credible eyewitness testimonies. And those are what we call the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, if you're not a disciple of Jesus and you came today with somebody who is, somebody brought you here, I'd encourage you to say, hey, you know, let's read through the gospel of John together. How about we read through it together and then we can talk about what it means and I'll ask you questions and you ask me questions and we can learn together, right? So I encourage you to, to get to know Jesus. Well, secondly, because Jesus is the king, we should submit to him. And maybe you would say that you've, you've kind of been around the church, you've kind of been around, you've kind of been around religion, you've been around Christianity, maybe you've even heard a lot of stories from the Bible, maybe you've even read the Bible a lot, maybe you'd even consider yourself a Christian, but maybe you hear what we're talking about tonight and, and you feel reminded that you've been treating Jesus like a consultant and not a king. If that's the case, I'd encourage you to treat him like the king that he is and submit to him. And finally, I'd encourage you, you know, when we trust in Jesus, we're, we're fond of saying at our church here, when we put our faith in Jesus, God doesn't just save us, he adopts us, and he adopts us into a family, that we weren't meant to just follow Jesus by ourselves. We were meant to follow Jesus with a family of other disciples. And so if you don't have a, a faith community, if you don't have a church family that you're regularly meeting with and worshiping with and encouraging each other, I encourage you to find one. And so I hope as we, I'll invite the band to come back up. And I hope as we, as we sing some more songs tonight, I hope that we can worship Jesus, remembering that Christmas is about a person. Christmas is about us having a relationship with that person. And it's ultimately about us worshiping and submitting and giving our lives to King Jesus. If you have more questions about this, again, Talk to the person that brought you. Come talk to me after we're done here. And um, yeah, let me pray for us. And then we'll sing some more songs. 
Heavenly Father, I, I love you and I thank you so much for sending your son, for coming as a person so that we can hug you, so that we can, so we can talk to you, so that we can know you. And God, I pray for all of us here that you would fill us with peace, fill us with joy, and fill us with your presence this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen.